Welcome everybody to episode 115 of the Startup Show. Today I'm talking to Alize de Tonac, the CEO and co-founder of Seedstars. And we talk about startups, emerging markets and the startups and the different ecosystems around the world. Make sure to stay tuned. Welcome to episode 115 of the Startup Show. Today we are here with Alize de Donac, the CEO and co-founder of Seedstars. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a big pleasure. Thank you very much for coming all the way from Geneva to Zurich to, to make this interview here at Deep Pulse. Also, thank you very much for them for giving us the opportunity to make it here. But Alize, today it's all about you and Seedstars. Maybe give us a little bit of insights about who you are. Yes. So Alize, co-founder and CEO of Seed Stars World, and I'm an entrepreneur like many that has launched my business uh, with my co-founders five years ago with objective to make a difference and to define maybe every day a bit better how I want to bring value on this planet. Let's talk about a little bit your background. Yeah. I mean, like you didn't go directly into, uh, let's say, you know, seed stars. What did you do beforehand? Not much. Uh, in the <laughs> sense, I, I graduated, and from there, at that time, I thought I wanted the kind of big corporate career. career. Yes. And uh, so I joined one of the biggest cosmetic groups uh, in the world, and 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 worked as product manager uh, for one of their markets in Italy. And quickly, I realized that as much as I learned a lot, and I think I would, I'm I'm not against going back in corporate one day, but more that I wasn't fulfilling kind of something very meaningful. And I was asking myself, if this was my day-to-day -day for the next five to ten years, then I would probably miss out on a lot. And so I had the immense fortune to be able to meet my co-founders. And from there, the story of Seedstar started. Very good. So, But like, let's talk about quickly about startups and entrepreneurship. Is there like, anything specific that you would say, that's what fascinates me about being in that kind of environment? It's less about the startups. It's more about the entrepreneurs who are yeah. so fascinating. So it's meeting all these people that are convinced they can change the status quo even though they have mountains in front of them that challenge them every day so that was something that always fascinated me and then the lifestyle and the day-to-day -day endeavors that I was able to build for myself since in these past five years has made it that it's unimaginable for me to have a different lifestyle where yeah. I would have specific hours and I would have to uh, deliver on specific tasks that didn't necessarily have a meaning for me so it suddenly becomes the only lifestyle I want to live by but it makes sense for me and yeah the curiosity of of meeting all these great entrepreneurs is what's most uh, interesting. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I see that also. I mean, what, what fascinates about the idea is that like, behind every idea there is a person yeah. who really believes in that idea yeah. and that is fascinating to work absolutely. with this kind of people. Okay, so, so let's not uh, you know, philosophize too much, but let's get into um, Seedstars. Yes. Tell us uh, what exactly it is so we are all on the same page. Yes, so Seedstars is an organization we founded five years ago with the objective to have an impact in emerging markets, knowing that we were living this kind of sweet spot between the rise of technology and entrepreneurship. Yep. So these would be valid solutions in building sustainable models in these markets and for that once we went on the ground after one year and discovering over 20 ecosystems we realized that
that there is so much of the, the foundation, the capacity building that had to be put in place. Mm -hmm. So that's where we came up with the idea of building, okay, we really need to focus on helping build the community before investing in great talents and businesses yeah. and, and scaling these, these companies. We today operate now the biggest startup competition in emerging markets, which allows us to have a platform and a network of all the ecosystem players from the startups to the accelerators, the co-working space, etc. We organize acceleration programs for governments, foundations, corporates, or academy programs to train young students, wannabe entrepreneurs to pilot their own businesses. So we have a portfolio of products and services we felt were really needed on the ground to educate not only the entrepreneurs, but the economy, the public-private institutions, and very important, the investors, which yes. in these markets are lacking a lot. Yeah. And then at the same time, we gradually learn more and more to build and invest ourselves in these uh, companies around the world. Sure. So maybe give us some hard facts. How many investments did you do? What are, let's say, the average ticket size? Yeah. And maybe what's even more interesting to me is, let's say, the countries uh, that yeah. you call emerging markets. So it was quite a wide definition. We said basically everything that's outside Europe and uh, <laughs> North America <laughs> is emerging. We quickly wanted to spread everywhere. Where we're very interested and focused is looking at more the frontier markets. So it's kind yes. of the post-brick markets where like Nigeria, Vietnam, Philippines, Colombia, Mexico. And I mean, in terms of macro numbers, they're really interesting countries and they're starting to really have a boom in the past years of their uh, local innovation and startup ecosystem. So today with the competition, we're present in over 80 countries. With the seat spaces, we have co-working spaces because let's live the lifestyle 24-7. Yes. We are present now in five countries in Africa and we'll be expanding in the other regions, so about 20 by the end of the year. And then with our programs, we're around in, in 10 countries also. In terms of investments, we're doing very early stage where, where we saw there was the biggest gap. Um, so the ticket sizes, initially we would do around 200, 300,000, realizing that maybe probably at that stage was too much. They needed more access to the right network, the right clients, the right infrastructure and tools to scale. Um, so we've now launched our own virtual growth acceleration program where it's more tickets around 50,000 initially. And then we can go up to half a million. Ideally, in due time, we do see ourselves also later stage investors and having the capacity to follow on with these yeah. investments. So today we have around 25 investments between our the ones where we take minority stakes and the ones where we build the companies with local investors on the ground. I used to work for a startup that was incubated by company builders, yeah. so I was a little exposed to this idea of company building. Yeah. Maybe you can elaborate a little bit of, let's say, the biggest challenges, especially focusing on, let's say, emerging markets while building a company. Is there anything that you would say yeah. is totally different, let's say, like, than building in Zurich yeah. or, let's say, in Europe in general? So fundamentally, what's universally challenging <laughs> is the talent. Yes. which that is cross-border and everywhere, I think, uh, from also what sure. you've experienced. So that really is still the biggest issue. And sometimes there's such a lack of talent and expertise on the ground, not because talent does not exist, but because they haven't had access to that infrastructure or education or network, that it's a challenge to scout for them and, and to find the right talent. So that's why we put in place Seed Stars Academy, yeah. which was our pipeline to train more local talents to have the tools necessary to then build companies of their own. And then there's all the kind of tropical issues related to one market. When I say tropical, I think in Brazil, we talk about tropicalization of companies, <laughs> but basically the localization 
is very painful because you find yourself in markets where the regulatory system is not clear, uh, because you find yourselves with issues purely on a logistics standpoint. Mm -hmm. I remember when we built our first company in Nigeria and we weren't there physically at the initial stage. We didn't understand why the Salesforce team couldn't do more than three meetings per day. We had to physically go there and live there for a year to understand that if on average you're stuck three to four hours in traffic, <laughs> your sales pipeline capabilities is much lower. Yes. So just from this, these stupidest things to how do you get the right talents to scale the business have been the challenges. I saw um, a few weeks back at the World Economic Forum, you yeah. spoke and you mentioned something about civic tech and yes. impact investing. Yes. And I was striking by that and I would like to hear what you meant by that. I mean, yeah. You can elaborate it because I think it's there's so much meaning in this that I don't feel like you know I would justify if I spoke about that. But I would like to hear what you exactly meant uh, uh, behind this term. So there was a lot of discussions around <laughs> that that the, um, at the World Economic Forum, but basically we were here to present already what was impact investing, and everyone has a very different definition. Yes. Impact investing for us at Seed Stars is less about what do we define as impact because we do believe launching any business in Nigeria, Colombia or Philippines is impactful by default in the sense of job creation and trying to build sustainable businesses in an economy that needs to grow. Whereas in Europe, uh, we'd like to package impact because it's the new trendy product on the market, which is great. More more do money, well more, <laughs> more smartness and doing well by doing good by default should be how everyone should run the business. But for us, it was more, shouldn't this kind of do money while doing good, shouldn't that be intrinsically the values of any company in the sense that it's the ethics and the integrity that you build that you should just follow. Even if your product is not purely here to have a social end good, like civic tech, for example, is that not just how we should be doing business? Whereas in the past, you could do a lot of money and, and mess up a bit, but as long as you had your kind of do good, CSR, whatever channel you wanted to kind of bring back. I find it too, it's a discrepancy that's, that's tough. I agree with everything. I think it should be the basics of, of business in general. But um, let's go to the next step. Um, more about, let's say, what kind of, let's say, industries do you see, you know, businesses being opened up in those emerging markets? Is there any trends that you could say that are, let's say, anyway, similar to what you see here, like here we talk about blockchain and cryptos and all of these things, is what do you see in, in emerging markets? Yeah. So for example, blockchain has a lot of meaning in these markets and so for, we've met a lot of companies using bitcoins, for example, to support the whole economy of remittance because there's such an issue of transferring money of all the families, the diaspora that are living in the wealthier regions and giving back to their families at home, for example. Yeah. So all these disruptions around where before there was only Western Union and one or other two players to transfer money, which is absurd, you have a lot of these new models to render it more efficient. But in general, thankfully, what we're seeing is more and more people are focused on industries that really tackle the biggest challenges on the ground that government or public institutions are, aren't able to provide today. Yeah. So you have a lot of healthcare-related businesses, a lot of businesses around education, a lot around energy because it's such an issue and you can't expect those very heavy resource-intensive central plants to provide electricity. So you're looking at this uh, decentralized, 
solar kit kind of microgrid solution that is probably more appropriate for this low-tech environment which sure. doesn't have the same infrastructure or government support. And all this is really, really interesting to see because it, it fundamentally uh, moves the needle in the welfare of, uh, of the citizens. I mean, when you look at, say, I mean, you have a very great insight into, let's say, these different types of emerging markets, let's say, ecosystem and here in Switzerland. Yeah. Um, what are the main differences that you see um, in yeah. terms of like the entrepreneurship, innovation? So when I was living in Nigeria and we were putting in place our first incubation center, what was most shocking was the market in itself, because you have to imagine Nigeria is more or less 180 million people, 20 million in Lagos where I was living. So the contrast with Switzerland is just huge. And so just getting back to Geneva and seeing how much space I had between myself and the next person in the street was, was crazy. Yeah. But more in an ecosystem perspective. Switzerland is still very immature in many ways um, in terms of, of marketing and hyping their, their ecosystem and really building success models and pushing, communicating what's going on because we have some nice stories, but we're terrible at marketing and that's why we need you. Thank you. Um, but success breeds success, so we need to build this whole dynamic which yes. Americans are so good at. I wonder if it's not the kind of Protestant heritage, which sure. better, you know, not show too much, not share too much. But that I think really is very different in Africa. In the contrary, you try to be uh, as loud as possible and, and they're really trying to push that. And so that dynamic attitude and the fact that most people are under the, uh, the age of 30 and everyone's buzzling and hustling and trying to build and hack uh, their minimum viable product, that energy is less present and prevailing in Switzerland but overall there's a general I sense that in Switzerland we're still a bit too comfortable to be getting into uh, disrupting everything and taking the risk and I mean, taking like the if you risk make a high salary in one of the corporates it's yeah. very hard to leave that uh, like yeah. safe haven to the golden cage the golden cage yes absolutely now we get um, into the audience asks so 24 hours around before the show, before we record, I usually post on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and everywhere. Also on WhatsApp, by the way. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, a little banner where I ask my audience if they want to ask yeah. questions directly to you. And today I got um, two questions. Um, usually they're from people, sometimes they ask me to stay anonymous. I don't know oh, why. Yeah, yeah. Sure. But today the first one is from um, Esther Sonetsky, a very close friend of mine. She asked uh, over WhatsApp, what is the first question you ask startups? And do you have any tips for female entrepreneurs? As an investor or looking at the perspective of our competition where we evaluate the different deals, I think for us the first question or maybe the first thing we're going to try to understand is how good is the team? Because idea, the, the model, etc. are great, let's look into that. But fundamentally, is that the team that can execute and have the resilience to push it the next five to ten years? Sure. So that really is something we are most interested. For female founders, I don't think we've ever differentiated them in the sense we haven't looked, okay, how do we do that? I have never felt myself a female founder. I've just <laughs> felt myself a founder. And maybe it's because I've always been in, a, in a, this great environment where I've never been stigmatized. I don't have the best advice sometimes. <laughs> Unfortunately, people wish I had a better strategy. What's great about the startup world in general, you're going to face so many obstacles. It's going to be so many painfuls at so many levels. 
all these differences, may it be on gender, on color or whatever, that passion that we live in this industry actually neutralizes all of that. Okay. So it, I've never felt like it was an issue with the entrepreneurs that I meet, etc. They're They just want the best people that are as passionate and, and there's not going to be a gender differentiation. Right. Maybe it's harsher in the corporate world, but it's true that today the reality is out of a base of 100 entrepreneurs we source around the world, it's between 15 to 25% that we get female co-founders or CEOs. So yeah. it's for sure we're not there yet sure. for many social, historical sure. reasons. Uh, what about, let's say you said team uh, resilience, is there any specific, let's say one word that you say like you try to use to evaluate whether they have that or not? <laughs> It's very, very tough. That's why we've decided to put in place this acceleration program also. As an investor, I hope you want to commit on your end to also provide the value needed mm -hmm. to scale the business. So we have to be very aligned in the objectives of the success of the business. And the best way is just to experience one another. So the acceleration program was also a way for us to understand better who were uh, these entrepreneurs in front of us and how could we successfully help one another to build the business. Absolutely. It's very tough to, to catch that in a one-minute pitch, but there's the gut feeling, I guess, yeah, a bit. Yeah, for sure. That's what most uh, angel investors or yeah. early-stage investors tell me. Yeah. Ready? Yes. What would you like to see in the next five years in the startup world? More unicorns in emerging markets. Some self-interest there. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be very self-interested. Sorry. <laughs> Who do you admire in the startup world? Oof, I have too long of a list. Not Elon Musk because he was mentioned too many times. Oh, <laughs> really tough because can I still keep Jack Ma in the startup world? Who? Jack Ma from Alibaba. From, yeah, for sure. I mean, like if I could get in. He's not really in it. But, yeah, but he stayed also very human. Like when you hear yeah. him speak, he's amazing. Impressive. Okay, we'll, we'll take him. Jack Ma, very good. <laughs> What quality is most important to you in an entrepreneur? Resilience. Resilience. Passion. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> How do you recommend startups reach out to investors? Know whom you're reaching out to. Too many come in kind of, do you want to invest? Do your due diligence also on your end, on what are the investors and what you expect to get out of them and how can you hook them. If you had to define yourself, are you a risk seeker or risk averse and why? Compared to my four partners, I'm risk averse. <laughs> why? Because I think that's my genetics. <laughs> I am just more adverse contrary to them. Okay, so now is your moment to leave uh, the legend of Arise de Tonak <laughs> to the next generation. You have about 30 seconds to give an expert advice um, where you feel like you bring an expertise to the table that my audience can benefit from. This is huge pressure, by the way, guys. <laughs> um, I think the, the best expert advice I can give is don't focus on being the expert uh, in the sense that Probably with robotization and everything that's going to happen in the next year, for me, it's more in building the agility of the person you want to become and how you want to provide value, which will change because life industries are changing so quickly. It's more your ability of being able to transform yourself with these changes. Don't fight them and provide a positive value with the integrity of... Uh, what you believe is fair. So think about how your parents or your brothers or sisters or your loved ones would judge you on that. But fundamentally enjoy it all. 
Very good. Enjoy. That's a good way to end this show. Thank you very much, everybody, who tuned in today for this episode with Ali Zedetona, who is the CEO and co-founder of Seedstars World. Thank you very much. Thank and you. And have a great day, everybody.